Hello, everyone. My name is Brooklyn Myers, and I am an Elixir newbie. My goal is to help people adopt Elixir and grow as developers while doing the same myself. I do that by documenting and sharing my own experience in the Elixir industry. It's been an incredible journey so far, and I look forward to taking the next step with you. So let's jump in to the Elixir Newbie Podcast. Hello and welcome to Elixir Newbie. My name is John Valdivia. I am an Elixir Newbie. And today I'm a guest hosting for the show. A bit of context of how it came to be that I'm speaking with you instead of um, Brooklyn. I had an idea of mapping the territory of job hunting, job hiring, looking for professional opportunities for myself as well as for my classmates. And when I spoke to Brooklyn about this idea, he said, well, why don't you guest host a few episodes and conduct the interviews there? So I'm delighted and honored. And to kickstart this line of content, I have with me Mr. Jeff Hellman, who is a fellow student on Dockyard Academy, Beta. So he's with us today. Hello, Jeff. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm a bit nervous, I must admit, to be feeling in the shoes of Brooklyn and for the wonderful audience of Elixir Newbie. So I'm going to pass on the microphone to you and maybe you can introduce, introduce yourself to the audience. Well, I bring <laughs> nervousness to a new level. Um, hey, I'm Jeff Hellman. I live in the Seattle area. And um, in my day job, I am in, with a small consulting firm in the health IT space. We are advancing this idea of interoperability, which to sum up is the ability for you to get your medical records or for your doctor to get your medical records in point B when your medical records live in point A, C, and D. Hmm. Uh, that's been a, a big problem with the medical community for a long time. And um, we've been at this for about, at this particular initiative, for about 10 years. And it's, it's hard. Um, in the U.S., medical spending is one-third of the entire economy. Uh, it's a huge business here, and its uh, level of dysfunction is... Uh, at that same level. It's it's a pretty interesting world. Anyway, I do lots of things on the side. And one of my uh, one of my side passions is, is to learn new technologies so I can apply those to the um, 42 side projects I usually have going at every, <laughs> every given time. And I tired of uh, the Ruby community and uh, uh, what I call the dependency hell that is uh, in Ruby and really all stacks, so the, the rail stack and, and all of them. Um, and Elixir seems like a breath of fresh air. So I'm really excited to be learning Elixir and the, the whole uh, infrastructure and uh, delighted to be part of the beta group for the Doctorate Academy that Brooklyn is doing. Yeah, it's a, it's a, good, it's a good gang. And there's um, plenty of people from diverse backgrounds. And what prompted me to have this conversation with you was... Uh, the, other, the other day in class, I think it was last week, you mentioned that you've done a lot of selecting, selecting developers and hiring. And I thought, well, I, I need to talk to this guy because once the academy is done, I'll, I'll be out there looking for opportunities. And I'm sure that I'm not the only one in this situation. So you must have a lot of, um, a lot of experience to share what it is to look for a developer, what, what, uh, do recruiters look for and how we can, best prepare 
to face the the journey of finding our either our first job uh, as a, as developers or maybe the second or third. But um, yeah, where where would we start as as newbies in this world? I think being part of a community um, and the folks that are that take the dockyard or they go through the dockyard um, academy boot camp are going to be in a community and. Um, let me just sort of restart by saying one of the adages of, of the world that is um, sort of a foundational principle that has rung, has uh, rung true forever is it's not what you know, it's who you know. Hmm. And the easiest way to get a great job is to be recommended or at least be known by the firms that you want to work with. And you get known by being part of communities. You get known by having projects up on GitHub that that show what you can do. Um, and but really, primarily, you get known by knowing the right people, um, the right people in air quotes. And the right people aren't the most influential people or the the um, the most popular people. They're the people who fit the the kind of group that you want to be with. Hmm. And I know that sounds very hand wavy, but um, that really is the absolutely best way to find the best job, regardless of what you're doing, whether you're programming or project managing or writing or, or whatever. Hmm. So one of the things that I have noticed already, and we're just what in week two or three of the of of being beta testers of the Docker Academy, is that we've already we've already established a community, and you know we know each other, and you know in a couple of weeks we'll be finishing each other's sentences. <laughs> and um that's the kind of that's the kind of relationships you want to have when you happen to hit the job market you want to have relationships of, with people that do the same kind of things you want to do and then you're not having to answer ads and dealing with the whole hr screening process and the the dreadful um aspects of of looking for a job you you skip all that you get recommended um, by someone you know into an opportunity that you already know pretty much fits. And then you can just focus on, are you a cultural fit for that organization? How would it be to work with that team? And those kinds of things, which, of course, part of that you will know already because you you know someone who works there. Yeah. Does that make sense? It makes it makes complete sense. I wonder if you have any any more ideas or suggestions on how to map the different projects and technologies and things that are happening in the in the elixir world i don't other than um doing you know google is your friend yeah. um and I, I would definitely recommend that as people you know work on the academy work and as they're taking a break from that side of their brain that they just look around um and talk with colleagues in in the in in the boot camp but hey, I've seen that these kinds of opportunities seem to be out there. Um, what have you found? And just compare notes. And and uh, really, I, now that we're talking about this, I would create, you know, a live book or some, you know, my favorite note taking um, thing, and just just create a list of opportunities. Uh, and I know that there are one of the things I love about the Elixir community is that it seems. And other communities are welcoming as well, but this seems incredibly welcome, welcoming to everyone. Mm -hmm. 
it is. Um, to, to newcomers and, you know, it's a small community, which is a huge advantage of being in this community, by the way, it's a it small is. community. So once you get out there, if you're looking for a job uh, as an Elixir developer, you're going to have a lot fewer number of people competing with you. Um, and the longer the, you know, the later people get into it, the, you know, the, the less of an advantage that'll be, but that's a, that's a superpower right now. There just aren't that many people out there looking for Elixir jobs. And I, I, you know, the other side of that coin, of course, is there aren't as many Elixir jobs as, say, JavaScript jobs. But I think the um, the math there is still to the advantage of, of an Elixir developer looking for a job. In other words, there's there are disproportionately fewer people looking for the fewer number of Elixir jobs than there are you know, everybody and their, and their brother is looking for a JavaScript job. So yeah. you're, you have a much, much bigger field to compete against with other platforms when you do Elixir, even though the number of jobs for Elixir is lower, yeah. if that makes sense. It makes sense. But one of the things that excites me is that um, there's a lot of pioneering. It has a bit of a um, Wild West uh, feeling to it, that everything is, is being conquered, everything is being developed as we speak. And and that is exciting. That is exciting because then we have the opportunity to be some of the first people to to learn and to develop these things. Um, well, one of the few cases in which being a newbie could could actually be an advantage. Yeah, and I and I think there's just there's a huge advantage just because of this is the space that we are in, uh, and uh, it's sort of meta, but. In my, I've been around for about 30 years in the software world, and I can tell you that there are personalities of, of stacks, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So in the enterprise world, you know, the, the stacks there are basically built around Java and all that stuff. And I'm telling you, people in that world think a certain way. Mm-hmm. And you go in the Ruby community, in the Rails community, and people in that world think a whole different way. Hmm. And um, I've already noticed that the people in the Elixir world think yet a third way. And these ways are progressively more and more outside the box. So the, the enterprise world, everybody's very conservative and, you know, I, I don't care about it. I'm, I'm generalizing of course, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. relatively speaking, uh, when you're in a big enterprise, you have to care less about innovation than you do about safety. You know, the thing has to work and, you know, I can't take risks, you know, lots of politics. And so this, you know, I'm sort of blaming Java, but that's it's really the environment that people are in. And um, enterprises I've worked in, they would never use Rails because Rails is just too out there, right? Um but you go into you know you go into two rails shops and a lot of rails shops probably would never use elixir because they they have a lot of investments in rails and that whole infrastructure and and um, they it works and they know it works and you know uh, you know they're not going they're not going to risk something else um, elixir is you know it's elixir itself is 10 years old it's just celebrated 10 years old being 10 years old which is great but the the community and you know, number of apps out there is way smaller than other other stacks. So, it, like you're you're right, it's still very much kind of the wild wild west in a good way. The good parts of the wild wild west. And 
people think differently. Um, they are thinking, they're, they're innovating. And like you say, it's just amazing that there are so many different, so many different levels, of, uh, areas of interest in Elixir, um, you know, real time stuff and music and, and, uh, and machine learning and, and, you know, all the stuff based on, um, Raspberry Pi, you know, that whole world. I mean, it's just amazing. So it's, you know, I'm, I'm enthusiastic as you can tell. I can, I can tell. So, and I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. So how you find a job and all that is, is, uh, you know, there's no magic that I'm thinking of, but I think what you're alluding to is that there are lots of opportunities here that aren't necessarily in other worlds because there are so many of these different interests that people are exploring with, with Elixir. And that's a, that's a great idea. In your series here, you really should go find companies who are using these different ways of using the stack and just explore the kind of projects they're working on to, you know, it's a, it's an evil genius plan to build the list of the different kinds of opportunities that are out there for all of us newbies. Yeah, and this line of content in Elixir Newbie, I think is part of that evil plan. This is one thing that I'm finding with the community at the at the academy. I'm finding that there's lots of people with a background similar to mine, people that already have a, a professional career behind them, not necessarily in coding, not necessarily in development. How do we capitalize on all of those years of experience in different fields back into the world of development and coding? Are there hybrids? Are there ways to use the experience in different ways and channel all of that into, into the projects that are being developed? Do, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I actually I have very strong opinions about that, as a matter of fact. Um, okay. In my experience, um, generally, um, and I say generally, and I'll explain that in a second, but in my experience, the best developers are folks who came to being a software developer after they tried something else. Hmm, um, interesting. Some of those, some folks like that maybe did a computer science degree in university. Um, most of them didn't. Um, but the, the common thread is that they discovered um, programming or started doing programming for a living after they had a lot of other life experience. And to me, that is a superpower of really great developers is that they have other dimensions to their personality and experience that they bring to programming projects. And they're, and, you know, we just had an exercise this morning with, in the academy where we were talking about different ways to think about problems and that before trying to, you know, break open the code editor and write code, the, you know, a, there are best practices to brainstorming different solutions to how to how to approach that problem that you're tackling. And people with different backgrounds definitely have an easier time doing, you know, lateral and divergent thinking. And, and it's it's that thinking outside the box that really makes great solutions, not people who just do rote programming and okay, this seems to fit uh, this particular structure and let me just, you know, let me just bang away the code. That is very seldom a good solution. The, the really great solutions are kind of by this, you know, quick iterations of very divergent thinking and, um, and the ability to collaborate. That's another thing about my theory is that people in general, I am generalizing, so uh, please no hate mail. 
um, in general, people people with varied backgrounds have had to collaborate and they've, they've done different things. And, they, and that going through those and getting those uh, those scars and uh, and medals from those experiences really helps people to to work together as a team and to and to brainstorm and to collaborate and and be open to new ideas, be open to the the thing they just tried not working and someone else having a better solution, you know, kind of riffing off each other. Um, I mean, that's when I've been on development teams, either coding myself personally or most often as a leader in the last few years. Um, when I when we are cooking with gas, that's probably an American term and it doesn't make sense. But when we're just, I mean, we've we've hit our stride or we're we're in flow as a group. It's when we're just bouncing ideas off of each other and and brainstorming at the whiteboard and coming up with really great solutions in a very collaborative manner. That is when it's really really fun. You know, the code gets written and that's great and and you know it's good quality code. But what's really fun is is that the brainstorming and the, the divergent thinking to come up with those solutions and. In my experience, generally, people who've had different backgrounds um, do that naturally. Now, I'll caveat that with truly off-the-charts, brilliant developers are a completely different breed. You know, the, the one in a million people, they could have done whatever they wanted to with their life, and they, that wouldn't have changed. They would still be, just be an absolutely genius developer. But we're not, you know... We, we shouldn't aspire to be a genius. You know, that's that's why they call them geniuses, right? You don't have to be a genius to be a great developer. There will certainly be shops that, you know, they are screening people based on their, their ability to regurgitate rote concepts and things. But that's actually really the, the real reason why I'm talking about all this stuff is that um, in in my view, and it's easy for me to say because, you know, I have a day job and I'm I'm not doing the academy to get a job being a, you know, an entry-level Elixir programmer. Um, we can get into why I'm doing it in a minute if you want. But um, my point is that my, I'm talking about these sort of soft issues or non-technical issues because those really are the things that are important with finding the right job. You want to you find a place that fits you and a place where you will jump out of bed, at, you know, with enthusiasm, uh, it's great to say no, most days or every day, but at least most days, you know, you're yeah. really excited about being there. You love working with the people you work with. I just cannot overemphasize that part enough. Being in, a, in an environment where you, you know, everyone is a better person at the end of every day because the team works so well together. That's what you want to go for. Yeah. Not just getting a job. Yeah. And um, I, my, I have a hypothesis about this Elixir community, which is because it's newish. Um, my hypothesis, which we we need to prove out, is that there are <clears throat> there will be more opportunities for beginner developers than there are in other other more mature environments, and. Um, that's been a problem for a long time in, in the development world is that it's just really hard to find entry-level jobs. You know, you look at, you know, people, people want to hire people that have experience. I mean, that's just, it just makes economic sense that all things else being, you know, all things, everything else being equal, you want to find somebody who does have five years of experience with Elixir. That's what you want. 
but there aren't that many people around that have that. So that's why my hypothesis is that it should be easier for an Elixir newbie to find a position than it would be for a Rails newbie, for example, or a JavaScript yeah. newbie. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that's why I'm. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm emphasizing so much. Find the right team because my my hypothesis is that there there will be lots of opportunities, but you just don't want to take the first one that comes along. But you want to make sure that you have you find a, a place that has the right fit. Another hypothesis is that. Um, the mindset of folks who are adopting or who have adopted Elixir will, in fact, be the kinds of mind, the kind of mindset that will have will create great teams because of that. They're already thinking outside the box because they're yeah. using Elixir. You know, in the in the the stuffy corporate world, mm. you know, stacks like Elixir and Phoenix are outside the box, which is that's my point. Um, so. That's the great thing about this world is that you're already work you're you're already living outside the box. It's super interesting because of course one of the first things I I did is hit LinkedIn and hit the the job portals. I mean you've gone through plenty of resumes and, and CVs when you have been hiring. Um, how would you go about summarizing your prior experience? That is that is sort of a tough one, but it depends on what position you're looking for. I mean, if you're looking for an entry-level Elixir developer job, um, just think about who you're actually competing with. You're generally competing against either people that have no experience programming at all and coming in, you're fresh out of university. They don't have any experience to talk about. So all they can talk about is their technical skills and the classes they took. And, you know, maybe they point to their, their GitHub profile and, you know, they they have sub few projects up there and then people talk to them about, you know, what they can do. And there's, there's a technical interview. And, um, so think about yourself now in that situation. Um, let's, let's say for like me for practical uh, purposes, I don't have any recent programming experience. I haven't had a program for a living for, you know, over 20 years. So I would, my resume would have would have all the other experience I have, and in my cover letter, which apparently people don't do anymore, but I, I would introduce the the introduce myself in some way, and I would speak to like like in your case, I would speak to um, in in number of years of work in the hospitality world, you know, I have learned A, B, and C, and, and doing this other thing, I learned D and F. And I bring this to, you know, I bring this to the arena of being an Elixir developer, um, and some kind of introduction like that. And then you quickly point to, okay, so here's what I've done in Elixir, and point to your GitHub profile that has the projects that you've done, and and in those in those projects on the uh, README page, I would I would make that very focused on these are the skills that this project illustrates. Um, you know, here was the problem presented and here's what, here's how it solves it. And, you know, relate, relate each project to skills that are translated to being productive on, on the job. That's an amazing tip. That that's an amazing piece of information. Yes. Yes, I want to bring rec Elixir recruiters into into these interviews as well and ask them 
their opinion on that. Someone in the academy put a link to an interview with um, the tuple guy, shoot Ben Arnstein. Hmm. Um, I think I think Adam Lavin um, of Tailwind fame had Ben on his podcast. That's a very uh, that's a very inbred group. Um, hmm. Adam is on their podcast uh, all the time, and uh, I know they all these these startup podcasters sort of are on each other's show all the time. It's it's pretty funny. But Ben Ornstein is the CEO of, of Tuple, which is a, a, a screen sharing app <clears throat> for developers um, for pair programming. It's an awesome app, and they've really they have lots of traction. And so he's been he's been interviewing and, and hiring developers the last few months. So in that interview, he talks about what makes a, a developer stand out. And I definitely recommend people people listen to that. And you should maybe have been on the show and ask them questions that are very specific to to folks who are newbies. I don't think he has been hiring new developers. And it would actually that would actually be a very interesting conversation to ask him why don't you hire entry-level developers? Um, what, what would keep, what would change in this world? And I don't know the answer to this because it's, you know, for a startup, you got to hire somebody and when you're paying somebody money, they have to be able to produce for you. So the default is I know I want somebody with three, you know, three to five years of experience who's maybe a mid level at least so that a senior, you know, or CTO or whatever the, you know, the most senior person on the team can just give them some direction, but they don't have to mentor them. And a new an entry level developer needs mentoring, so they need to they need to find a place where mentoring is part of the expectation and part of the job. They're going to be mentored closely, and they're going to be developed into a mid level developer. And most companies uh, just don't make those investments, and it's a real problem. Mm-hmm. Again, that's where I think being in the elixir world is is a really good advantage for for newbies because the relative um my theory is that because there are more jobs more ish jobs than the number of developers applying for them that the likelihood is greater that there will be opportunities for newbie programmers who need mentoring because the companies don't have less choice it also requires a lot of um self-initiative on, on the part of Elixir newbies to get some coding under our belt and become as attractive as possible to those startups and those new projects. Like uh, Brooklyn has this hacker thing on, on, on Saturdays, right? Uh, which is yeah. a fantastic, fantastic way to to get some mileage. There's, there's a lot of um, proactiveness, I think is the word that I'm looking for in the community. Yeah, and the other, yeah. And I know Brooke, I think Brooke went through a different academy um, before he got into the Elixir world. I, I think I saw that or remembered him saying that in one of the intros um, in his podcast. Um, so I'm sure he probably has some tips too for how does a participant in an academy make themselves stand out? Because part of these boot camps, you know, part of the business model of a boot camp is that. And I, I have no idea what's going to happen with with this boot camp when when they start charging for it, or even if they do start charging for it. So I'm not trying to spill the the soup ahead of time. <laughs> um, but the point is, for a typical boot camp where they charge a few thousand dollars for the boot camp, 
the value to the the participant is they get a job. So yeah. boot camps generally help you get jobs. Um, but this this all really gets down to the, the the question of how do you stand out as a, as an applicant, and that's true whether you're uh, an experienced applicant or whether you're a, a newbie applicant. And it's 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 the kind of things you mentioned. You do a bunch of projects and you show initiatives and you show and you really highlight um, the way you approach solving problems. The way people approach solving problems doesn't really have anything to do with programming. It has to do with the way their mind works. Yeah. And if we can, if we can, as an applicant, if you can illustrate how you approach solving problems and how you how you do that, um, how you get problems solved for companies that demonstrates your ability to add value, whether, you know, whether you did it doing Elixir programs or whether you did it some other way before. That seems like like a quite a complicated thing to prove or to show. Take a step back from that and think about other domains that you've worked in Hmm. and how you approach solving problems that really wasn't any different than what you've done before. The, the difference is that when we're in newbie mode, we, you know, because the brain works the way it does, the brain sort of, you know, kind of throws away all that experience and that wisdom that we have because it thinks I'm in a different, I'm in a different domain now. So I have to think like a complete newbie. And it's, you know, it's, it is sort of a ninja power to say, okay, how do I apply this, this knowledge and experience I have in this other domain and how do I overlay it here? Um, you know, sort of at the meta level. So I'm pretty sure that everyone in that class, if they think back to how they have solved problems in the other domains that they've been doing when they haven't been a developer, they would say, Oh yeah, this is, this is kind of like we do in other worlds. You know, we take a step back and we, we, you know, stand up from the table and look at the problem from a, 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 you know, from further away, and we see the big picture, um, and then we say, "Oh, okay, that's the big picture." So, you know, what have I, you know, what have I done before that that might work here, or you know, how do I approach other problems that sort of look and smell like this? Well, I mean, for me, studying this uh, line of content is a problem-solving thing. Yeah, and, and it, that that makes me. It reminds me of what Brooke did. He he started doing the thing he wanted to do for his career. Hmm. He started this this um, podcast, um, and he started a, a blog to you know basically as a leading learner as he was learning Elixir and coming up to speed. He started documenting that journey and started talking on the on the podcast about um, teaching others um, and. That that produced the opportunity that found him to actually create the Docker Academy, and that's not a one-off thing. I, I've seen that happen a lot with people. They they start researching the thing they want to do or the, or the thing they want to become, and it happens. So Definitely. that's that's another ninja tip: is if people have an interest in doing a certain thing become an expert in that thing they have an interest in doing and, you know, do it somehow in public. I don't know if it has to be a podcast, but um, share that with your community and communities and those opportunities will probably find you. 
I, I agree with you. It is a very, it has a special feeling, this, this Elixir community. It has a something that rewards that initiative. It's going to be very interesting to look back in a few months to, <laughs> to this conversation. Maybe, maybe we can have another one. Uh, but before we close, yes, I am very curious to know why are you participating in the Academy? I'm, yeah, I'm doing this to accelerate my own learning curve on uh, becoming a, um, air quotes, competent Elixir Phoenix developer. And the, the end game there is just to develop, um, my own side projects. And, um, I have an evil genius plan to inject the use of this stack uh, at my day job. Sounds good. <laughs> you made, you made recruits from the academy and go like, guys, let's bring Elixir into the, into the medical business. Is that the big evil plan? I was thinking, uh, the other day, uh, when, uh, someone came up with a really, a really brilliant solution to a problem. I was thinking, oh my gosh, if I was actively recruiting people right now for Elixir positions, I would go join a boot camp and just experience it and and see these people in action yeah. for nine yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah. And then I would just pluck right there from that class. That is that is a major ninja recruiting move. Now, most people don't have time to spend nine weeks in a in a boot camp. But, you know, I, I get yeah. that obvious point. Six hours a but, day. Yeah. But, oh my gosh, that would be that is the ultimate way to recruit is to embed yourself in a community and just pick from the, the cream of the crop of that community. That would that almost inspires me to open up a, a consultancy just to do that. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, Jeff, is there anything else that you would like to add? We've, we've been going on for 45 minutes and I intended this to be brief, but um, yeah, we had a lot to talk about. Well, apologies for my pontification. Feel, feel free to edit out as much as you want. It's my first time and I've been nervous. <laughs> Likewise. Thank you very much, Jeff, and thank you to everybody listening to Elixir Newbie and to Brooklyn Myers for letting me pilot this ship. I hope everybody's doing great. Have a nice week. Bye.